0: Hello, everyone. This is Joe Matthews, and I am interviewing the one and only, the very special good friend of mine, Mr. Jesse Hernandez of Empire Wrestling Federation, of the Jesse Hernandez School of Hard Knocks, and of most recently, Hard Knocks Wrestling that can be found on YouTube. Um, How are you doing today, Jesse? I'm doing
1: great, Joe. It's a pleasure uh, for the invite. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. I can't thank you enough. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, No problem.
0: So I've had the pleasure of knowing Jesse for seven years now, since uh, since I moved back to California from Tennessee and wrestled, had a chance to start wrestling with you seven years ago, had my first match. Unfortunately, um, I got injured as, you know, which had nothing to do with you You guys, was just, you know,
1: it, it, happens. it happens. It happens in our business, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and then uh, I think I, I got injured and then I got healthy and then I got injured again. No. Oh. <laughs> and for like two years it seemed like every time i got in the ring i got injured and sometimes not even wrestling sometimes it was training yeah. and you know and
1: you're back at it again
0: yes and jesse keeps uh, allowing me to come back and and be a part of empire wrestling federation and the school absolutely so um i want to say you know right there thank you because without you i don't have uh me and my son aren't a tag team you know we don't have the dragonflies logan and quinn right and I don't have uh, probably the most fun I've ever had in the ring as a good old TK, the yeah. trailer king.
1: Trailer King, man. What met. a what
0: a character. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah. you. laughs> Me too. It's it's uh uh-huh. it's a great character. I I absolutely love it. So um I wanted to bring Jesse on tonight so we could just talk about a lot of things. Um but first off, I just want to ask, how long have you been involved with professional wrestling, Jesse?
1: Man, I started um in nineteen seventy-nine. We, me and my tag team partner, uh, uh, Juan Hernandez, mm-hmm. uh, we started training in 1979. And we trained approximately two years before our first match. And uh, this is when it was very hard to get into this business. It wasn't easy like it is now. Every time Dick and Harry can go to any wrestling school around and, and get trained, and three months later they're wrestling or... You know, a year or two later, they're opening up their own school. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like that back in the day, man. And I think that is the the main reason, you know, um, that I do what I do as far as uh, having a school, mm-hmm. because I know how difficult it was for young wrestlers to get started. I mean, nobody wanted to give us that opportunity. I mean, we trained by ourselves, uh, Juan and I, at the YMCA for almost a year, and then um, and then we got, we got permission. Where we were able, and that that at the YMCA, that was without a ring. Uh-huh. Then we, we we were able then to work out at the old San Bernardino Arena, in a ring, mm-hmm. on Sundays, only on Sundays. And uh, the guy that um that opened up the box off, well actually he opened up the building to get ready for the, that next show. Um, he will allow us to go in and and uh, use the ring for a few hours, and you know just get out before everybody else gets in, mm-hmm. you know, and um. But I was, I, I, you know, he was the caretaker of the building. And the, the thing was that um, I didn't want him to get in any trouble. The, the, the San Bernardino promoter was Jeff Walton. And uh, I asked Jeff one Sunday, I said, hey, why don't, will you allow us to use the ring before, you know, say, when they come in and open up um, the box office or whatever at one o'clock, if we could come in and use the ring for a few hours, would it be possible? And uh, first he said, well, let me think about it. And, uh, and then later on, he says, well, you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, hit me up next week, and I'll let you know. Well, between that day and, and the following Sunday, or the next Sunday, I should say, uh, we went and got uh, an orderly public to uh, type up a nice little letter saying that <clears throat> nobody will be responsible if we got hurt. Mm-hmm. And that showed that we meant business, and that, I think, that impressed uh, Jeff Walton. And that, that's how he was able to give us permission to be able to use that ring. He says, as long as you're out of there before the wrestlers get in, you know, mm-hmm. a certain time, just get out and, you know. And uh, so we continued training. Finally, finally, we convinced the great Goliath. Uh, you know, the, he was the, I don't know if you ever heard the team of uh, Black Gorman and the great Goliath. Mm-hmm. Incredible tag team they were, you know. Uh, we finally convinced them after trying so hard to convince them for, for a long time to come out and help us with the training. He came in one day and he said, all right, I, I, I wanna see what you guys can do in that ring. And he <clears> sat down in the bleachers there and me and Juan went in there and we started wrestling. And I, we see him shake his head like this, man, as we're you know, supposedly <laughs> doing a little match, right? Yeah. And then he says, okay, that's enough, that's enough. He Gets in the ring, grabs Juan, hits him real hard and bends him down, hits him on his uh, upper shoulders. That's how you hit. You guys hit like, little old woman. Then he gets me, right, does the same thing to me. That's how you hit, you know. And then he says, if I'm going to teach you guys, I'll teach you. And, you know, he says, I'm going to charge you 15 bucks each or whatever, mm-hmm. which is a really a good price, you know, by, back then. Um, every session is 15 bucks, you know, he said. And so, anyway, make a long story short, we stayed with him for about, well, I, I stayed with him for about nine years, helping him. Not only did he teach us how to wrestle, but he, we also helped him train other people mm-hmm. a lot of guys in, the, in those nine years. And then we went our separate ways and then um, by the time we uh, went our separate ways, we had been partners mm-hmm. in, at the school because then later on I became uh, I became the caretaker to the building. I was okay. able to you know I became the caretaker and there was a, a boxing promoter that came in uh, with a lease and the first thing he did was got rid of the ring that they had in there oh wow they had a ring that was cemented down to the floor <clears throat> you know that, that they used for boxing and wrestling mm-hmm. and uh so then i said well go ahead. What, what what are we going to do you know what i mean by then i owned my own ring i started promoting by then like in 1985 uh in 1985 i believe five, 1980 well actually um we started our own promotion, uh, Bob Bradley senior and myself and his wife got together and we started, I think it was like 1983 or 84. I think it Mm -hmm. was, we started, uh, selling events at high schools and colleges and stuff like that, you know? Uh, and so we started, we started our own business and I rented. I used to rent a ring for about 450, 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. And the ring that we used to rent back then will always break down board will always you know fall off the damn thing and then i i was very concerned you know and worried you know what if you know especially when you're selling events for three thousand five hundred dollars mm-hmm. you're always afraid what if the ring doesn't get here you know right right because <laughs> what <clears throat> so that was a big responsibility so we decided to buy our own ring and that's a ring that we use now for shows oh for okay events, huh? that's yeah. that we we bought that ring at, at that time i believe it, we bought it in 1986 man 1986 and um it's been around for quite a while it, it will survive the end of the world i think it's <laughs> yeah that thing is a around. heavy heavy duty ring you know but it's a great ring you know yeah and um
0: yeah it's a lot nicer than the training ring yeah, a, lot, yeah. a whole yeah. lot
1: nicer than the training ring yeah. Richard, you know the
0: training ring isn't bad like yeah. i won't lie that's better yeah. than some of the rings i was in in tennessee yeah but so.
1: <laughs> but you know after spending nine years with goliath you know and you know so we became partners because of that you know mm-hmm. the, there was no longer a ring so he said well we will use your ring and then we'll split whatever we make mm-hmm. i'll split it with you so i became a partner you know this is probably uh on the s- s- seventh year that we i was with him okay we had a little uh, a little bit of a problem a little situation and we went our separate ways and, uh, you know, uh, in 19, what year could it have been, maybe 89 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it kind of devastated me. I, I didn't want to be a part of that. Uh, I, I almost wanted to bail out of wrestling because it broke my heart, you know. Right. Goliath, you know, great man. But he also taught me a lot. He taught me, you know, you don't let uh, people screw you more, you know. You, you, they may screw you once or twice, but you know, no, no, there's no three chances, you know. Right. And I and I felt, you know, that I had given him three chances, and I felt, you know, that like he didn't respond well with, you know, what we what we were doing. Right. I don't want to get into details, but I, you know, it caused us, you know, to separate, you know, and um, and so, anyways, um, so I built out, so for three, and I, I had that uh, Bob Bradley as a partner, Bob Senior, and uh, by then and uh because we were doing shows together and mm-hmm. stuff you know so i um i decided to stay home as and and, uh, and the, during training nights so i did that maybe for two weeks or so two or three mm-hmm. weeks and then he says "Jess, don't don't give it up man come on back so i did and then i you know we i went back and mm-hmm. started tra- uh, training the guys again and i'll tell you the love that I have for this business, and 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 I do the school not for my own pleasure. I I believe it's more to give the, uh, everybody that opportunity, mm-hmm. the platform to be able to have a, a starting place. The purpose of the Empire Wrestling Federation um, that came up because uh, we needed a platform for our students. Right, you know. Uh, knowing that how difficult it could be, you know, or it was for me anyway. And even back then, it was very hard to get into this business. You know, mm-hmm. it was not something easy and nobody really wanted to give us a, a, a break. I mean, uh, Je- uh, Jeff Walton, for example, that allowed <laughs> us to use the ring uh, the days of the show in San Bernardino uh, in, the early, in the early years. Uh, he wouldn't even give us our first match. You gotta oh, really? get your no no. We <laughs> I, I help you know. Juana ushered people into the building. I sold tickets in bo- at the box office. I, I did a lot of uh, you know running around for them, but they will not give us our first match. Mm. You gotta get it somewhere else. Right. And so, and so there there was a promoter down in Tijuana that wanted to use Goliath at the time, and uh, this is like 1980, 81. But in January of nineteen eighty one, he wanted to mm. use Goliath. And um, and he uh, he said the only way I'll work for you if you give my boys an opportunity, I'll give them their first match. If they mess up, you know, you use them whenever you can. Yeah. If they scrub, you never have to use them again. But give them that opportunity. Well, for some reason, they put us out of five matches. They put us in the middle. The oh, really? Third match, man. <laughs> I mean, we should have been where it's, you know where the names aren't even mentioned. You know, <laughs> that's how it was on the program. You know, the first match. They didn't have no names, you know. Yeah. The second match had the names, very small print. We were in the center. Out of five matches, we were in the center. And it was against uh, Rey Mysterio, you know. Oh, senior. Senior, wow. senior, senior. And uh, Pequeño Apolo uh, was his partner on that match. And uh, we went in there, bro. And, I mean, we were so hungry for this. And we had a very exciting match, man. I mean, you know. I mean, so it was such a great match that even uh, at the end of the match, uh, Ray asked me, he says, hey, is it possible for uh, for me to get a mask from you? Hmm. And I said, well, my partner makes a the mask. <laughs> they were ugly back then. I mean, you know, <laughs> it like almost Japanese style. As a matter of fact, our masks look a little Japanese style, you know, yeah. at, at the time. That when we got to the building for our first match, Ray said, you know, we've been promoting you guys on radio and we said that, you know, we, I, I told everybody that you're a hot team coming in from Japan. <laughs> I said, holy shit, that you're just a hot team from Japan. And, and um, I looked at my partner, this is our first match, man. We can't even, yeah. now we can't even afford to mess up. We can't even look like green <laughs> guys in that ring, you know? But we had such a tremendous match, man. I, I, during the <clears> match, <throat> I could see Goliath standing against the door there of the, you know, the uh, dressing room, uh, just looking at that match. And I bet, he, I bet you that he had his fingers like this and his feet crossed, you know? Oh yeah, just. just. Good luck, you know? <laughs> Don't mess up, guys. And so at the end of the match, at the end of the match, we went back to the dressing room uh, and Goliath uh, called me to the side. You know, when when they do a drop kick on you, stay at center. Don't don't wander off to the side of the, you know, by the corner over the outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. Stay still because, see, they, they gave me a drop kick, but I saw like a drunken sailor. Mm-hmm. and Walked over to, to the corner, came back again. Boom, there was a, he did a crossbody on me. A tope, it was a tope. He did a tope, Ray did. Right. And so Goliath was afraid that well you know don't wander off you know I said I didn't know he was going to do that he said really I said I swear to God no. well, there was no mistakes in that match there's absolutely no mistake whatsoever in that match he nice. loved it man everybody complimented the, the commissioners couldn't believe that that was her first match the doctor couldn't believe it I mean you know can you believe that you nice. know, well they thought like, you were a big team from I Japan know, I don't know but you know. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, I, we really you we did, did we good did job, good man we did a good job uh, we went back two weeks later and had a, a revenge match against them and oh, really? they put us over on the second match nice there. but you know uh, once we got that first match it was on a sunday and we rushed back to san merdino you know because uh san merdino ran on sundays oh really so and we had an early show in Tijuana mm-hmm. and me and my partner you know we had our, our wives with us we rushed back to San Bernardino you know to make sure we got there on, on time before they they'd left the building right mm-hmm. so we get there shutting down and everything and I tell Jeff Jeff we just had our first match I'll, I'll hear from somebody else <laughs> see I went right and so that was on Sunday the next day he calls me hey I want you in Fresno on Thursday <laughs> And then I want you in San Bernardino on Sunday next week. Nice. And so that's how it all started. Then a week later, we went back to Tijuana for the rematch and we were put over. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, wrestling has been good to me. Yeah.
0: And, you know, another cool thing too that a lot of people don't know or um, or I'd like to let people know is outside of just Empire Wrestling Federation and, and what you're talking about wrestling in Tijuana and stuff, You've also had a stint um, as a referee, as a ring oh, guy, yeah, yeah. Um, as one of the what the conquistadors, yeah.
1: or, or whatever
0: gimmick was against. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, against the rockers, right?
1: No, uh, the I've the been, the, or... the conquistador. No, um, the the thing. This 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 this, uh, this is the night that we went. Uh, I took my stepfather. He had never gone. I never took him to any of any of the shows. Right. I was already working for WWF as a referee at the time. Yeah. And I was uh, had a trip to uh, Bakersfield. To a referee, so I told my stepfather, I said, "Why don't you go with me? There's a real nice restaurant. We'll get something to eat, then we'll go to the, do the show." Mm-hmm. He said, "All right." So he went with me, and uh, finally I get to we get to the building, and I go in into the dressing room, and uh, Coco B Ware took the wrong flight, so he wasn't he wasn't there to wrestle Jose Luis Rivera. Uh-huh. Okay, so then he, he said "Yes, you're going to have to." you're going to have to uh, wrestle instead of referee tonight because, you know, you got to cover for that. Uh, Jose Luis Rivera had his outfit for the conquistador outfit, yeah. you know, uh, with him. So he lends it to me. I put it on. Damn shoes were so, I mean, so big, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I wrestled as, a, as the conquistador against uh, Jose Luis Rivera. Nice. And uh, and then, uh, anyway, had a pretty decent match. After the show, I, I go grab my my old man so we can go. And he says, I can't believe you brought me all the way over here and you didn't even referee. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see you in that ring. I said, oh, I didn't have a chance to come out and tell you that I was <laughs> – I was a guy wearing that gold outfit, you know, the conquistador. Yeah. He said, you said uh, there was a match that I refereed, the conquistadors versus uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Giannetti. I think you yeah. started to mention that. That was a pretty interesting match because back then – um." Sean and Janetti uh, and, uh, had just gotten into WWF mm-hmm. you know they, they they hadn't been there that long and um, so they're they going to wrestle the conquistadors they gather around you know so they could go over their match and they come in slapping their butts you know and <laughs> conquistadors look at them and he cursed them out you know you guys haven't been here that long you've only done a couple of uh, the TV tapings mm-hmm. you know so, you, you need to show some respect here and listen up so, so we can figure out how we're going to put you guys over. But he, he, that, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I think yeah, they, they put yeah. it a little different. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was pretty exciting to see that.
0: Oh, man. So, of all the stuff, like I know you said, um, you refer, uh, refereed a lot of matches with, was it Brad News Brown?
1: bad news brown yeah
0: you know. yeah um i know you've got some pretty good stories oh, about him so
1: many stories i used okay. to i you know bad news brown man he's a guy that came out you know with the like, mean face you know like he, like he smelled crap you know yeah just and, always yeah always you know and and i would try to make him laugh <laughs> that's right <laughs> and then he was cut it out, cut it out. <laughs> because i came real close to making him you know come out of character a little bit oh man <laughs> See, and, and my
0: cousin, uh, he's – that's one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. And I and I was telling him about you. I'm like, yeah, yeah my, you know, my buddy oh, Jesse is, like, he refs so many of his matches and said – Yeah, uh,
1: man, I, I love
0: yeah. that guy. Yeah, he's a cool – really good guy, really cool yeah. guy. Um, so, you, you've done the WWE thing. Like, I know you were pretty much their West Coast ring guy,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Like, if they had any shows around here, you've got be- the ring. Be- believe and- it or not, man, believe it or not, you know, I, I, consider myself a pioneer of the WWF in California. Okay. Okay. And the reason I say that is because, uh, Mike LaBelle sold the territory. Mm-hmm. He sold it to Vince, you know, for a certain amount of money. And so, uh, at the time when, when that happened, of course he shut down, he wasn't running anymore. And, uh, Mike LaBelle is the reason that I started promoting the reason that I became a booker for the different people mm-hmm. throughout the years. And I, you know, started running my own shows because of Mike Bell. Because when he couldn't promote anymore, because he had sold his rights to uh, to uh, Vince, well, you know, at the time, I was the only employee that he kept in his office. Mm-hmm. He got rid of everybody, the Jeff Walton, the Buck, Buck, Buck Winkle, and other people that worked the office with him, got rid of everybody. But he had me come in on Mondays to help him out. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that was quite an honor, you know. Uh, because I, at the time I, at that particular time I was getting laid off from work a lot. We, uh, I worked for the company that I worked. We used to, um, we used to service, uh, Kaiser steel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Kaiser steel was in the process of, you know, eventually closing down and, you know, and so there was a lot of layoffs and he, Mike knew that. So he would say, well, come in on Sunday on Mondays, help me out in the office and I'll pay you a hundred bucks for the day, which was a lot of money back then. Man. That's a good bunch, Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so then we did that, I, or I did that. And I would go in there, and I would help them do the paperwork for the visas for, for the wrestlers going to New Japan at the time. Mm-hmm. There was a gal that, uh, that, uh, that promoted the wrestlers, uh, well, sent the wrestlers to Japan. She had the contact. Her name was Chika. But she didn't know how to do the paperwork. Right. And so Mike, Mike will tell me, don't, uh, don't ever let her know how, you know how we go about doing this paperwork other see that that's you know I'm, I'm we're making money with this you know right <laughs> so don't give her the don't 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 let her know so i i used to run you know run around and do the paperwork and get in contact with her and, and do the 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 whole the what do you call it the contracts right, right? The, the contracts and everything you know um yeah it was an exciting time and i and i learned so much one of the things that uh that i was told before they broke, you know, as they were breaking me in to help Mike mm-hmm. that first couple of times that I went up there. He says, One of the one thing you don't want to do, you never want to pick up line number five. I said, Why? That's you know, that's that's an important line. Mike doesn't allow any of us to pick that up because it could be, you know, a promoter from back east or whatever. Mm-hmm. He didn't want us to make any to have any contact with anybody like that. Right. You know, any other line you can pick up, but do don't ever pick up line number five. I said, "All right, what happens? <laughs> the phone rings. I, without thinking i pick it up. it was line number five. Ooh, now, now I'm talking to Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> you know, Mike when Mike had gone to the, to the bathroom and I said, "Well, you know he stepped out for, for a minute. Uh, I could have him call you back." And then Mike comes back. Mike I accidentally, I accidentally picked up line number five. Jesse, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> he trusted me man right right that's good <laughs> but anyway so eventually uh <laughs> he would get a call from somebody that wanted a show like in fresno or somewhere mm-hmm. you know and he would call me i would suggest you're gonna you're gonna get a call from so-and-so and i want you to you know he wants to do a show in, in fresno get all the details and charge him two thousand dollars you know for the show and uh uh, all he needs is just a few matches and pay the boys 200 bucks each and uh and then um send me two hundred dollars <laughs> and you keep the rest <laughs> nice so that's what i did that's how i started that's how i started you know yeah and you know this is when i i'm you know uh, somebody that promoted or did, did the booking they had to have a booker's license a promoter's license or some you know right everybody had to be licensed and i mean yeah. Mike LaBelle's uh, mother was the head of the commission, the state athletic commission. So she had that control that nobody bothered me about that. man. Yeah. Nobody ever bothered me about that, hmm. you know. So and then plus I got along with the commissioners anyway, because when I sold tickets for, for the LaBelle in San Bernardino, I knew them all. Right. You know, some were uh, cops, you know, and, and and they had that little side job on the, on the side, you know. Uh, To collect fifty bucks just to show up and count, you know how many people (laughs) were in attendance and charge the taxes on that, you know. (laughs) So uh, they all knew me and nobody ever bothered me. Uh, There's another story. (laughs) Uh, I I used to get along. I I I knew how to, you know, who to talk to as far as you know to do shows or because even with I did the paperwork for uh, for WWF when on their shows when they came into la and in or to california i had to send off a a list of who's wrestling on the show Mm -hmm. Uh, so and so versus so and so had to make sure you know that if they weren't licensed they they had to get licensed and i I will send off a uh this this form advanced form as to who's wrestling and send it to the athletic commission right okay and um so they could approve it and and um and we did i did that for all the first shows out here for the first probably a year or so yeah uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, when when Vince uh, started coming out as a matter of fact I used to deliver the videos uh, that Vince was sending we did nine weeks of the television on channel 9 oh really to show off uh, you know the talent that that yeah. was coming in before the first show there was nine weeks of television before the first WWF show here in California wow. and, you know just to introduce the talent that Vince was bringing in, I remember, well, the first show was, uh, was um, in San Diego, and um, the second show was in, in L.A. Now, the first show I refereed because uh, Red Shoes Dugan was the, the top referee mm-hmm. out here back then, you know, and Bachwinkle Winkle and I would rotate. If, uh, so I would <laughs> say I would referee uh, San Diego, and then he will, he will uh, the next day in, in, in L.A., mm-hmm. he will referee. But I had to attend all the shows because I, I kind of run things for Mike. Right. You know, the I was like the – well, Mike was a California promoter. Vince didn't have a license back then to run in California. Uh, the, Vince, he had to use uh, – uh, So you had to go through the Mike. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mike never left his house, brother. <laughs> so he would send me, <laughs> and you know, and I had to make sure, you know, that uh, that uh, <clears throat> I I'd pay the guys that they're, their advance right. payment, you know, for the night. I got everybody paid. And uh, did a lot of uh, a lot of uh, work like that. Cool. So then on the on the second day, I think I didn't have to referee because of Buckwinkle refereeing that night. Uh, but what I did, uh, I wrestled. I put myself in the, oh, the battle royal. They had a battle royal, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I put myself in on a battle royal. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but it was exciting. But you know, but but by doing all that for Mike, you know, he taught me how to promote, you know, and everything else, so that um. um I will say uh, there was a time that because um, we trained at San Mardin Arena and there was a, a promoter, a, a promoter from uh, a boxing promoter that wanted uh, that leased the building, mm-hmm. you know, not the one that took the ring down. This is before. They, okay. There was a few people a few promoters that came in before then. And so this one promoter comes in on a Sunday to look at the building. He's you know doing the lease on it and everything. And uh, we were trading and he called me over to the to the front uh, to the lobby. He says, Jess, I wanna to talk to you. I says, You're highly recommended by Michael Bell for you to do the booking for the wrestling, because I wanna run boxing and I wanna run wrestling. But if I if I can get you to do the uh, do the booking. Now, this is like nineteen eighty four, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still green in this business, right? Right, right. But, you know, I'm, they're offering me this stuff. You know, I had, a, by then I had already done a few shows for Mike, you know, wherever he sent me to. Yeah. And um, so then I, 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 first I accepted. I went back and I told him, you know, they just asked me to uh, to do the booking for for this. They're going to run, be running wrestling. And so I, I could feel that he was, um, you know, a little bit jealous. And he said, well, what are you going to do if uh, they ask for a Terry Funk or, you know, somebody you don't really really know? Uh, you know, well, I says, well, if Mike LaBelle put me, you know, put me over with this whole thing, I'm sure I can pick up the phone and ask him for Terry Funk's number yeah. or whoever's number I need. Right. <laughs> but I sense that, that he was, a, you know, OK, he was a little jealous, let's say. Yeah. I don't blame him, you know, seriously, I'd be, I'd be pretty mad myself, you know. Right. <laughs> so then, um, so anyway, I went back and I told me, hey, why don't you uh, offer it to Goliath? You know, let him be the, the booker he's got more experience you know yeah and so they they agreed and you know nothing not to say anything bad about goliath but they they couldn't draw when wrestling came around they weren't drawing that well Mm -hmm. you know goliath was you know using a lot of the guys from la you know a lot of a lot of the lucha guys but this is when w when wwf first started here they were using bigger guys oh yeah you know and i knew that that's what people really wanted to see yeah. So I turned him down that year. This, the, and they ran for I don't know how long until they shut down. A year later, another guy comes in, same thing. I'm highly recommended by Michael Bell. You know, that to get your honest Booker for me, man. Doing the boxing, the wrestling, and believe it or not, man, I, that that one I took. Mm-hmm. And and uh, to me, this is exciting. The, the reason is because I had five matches, <clears throat> uh, four. One on one, and the last one, eight-man elimination match. Oh, nice! For a suitcase full of money. <laughs> 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 now, believe it or not, man, that place got packed. We had about seven hundred people there at the at the San Bernardino. Arena, oh, nice! You know, and um, the thing is, we had seven hundred people at that San Bernardino arena, and everybody, a lot of uh, promoters that normally I will never see in San Bernardino, came mm. up, uh, around. Gil Ariano from from uh, from uh, LA, he used to do lucha shows out there, and Carl Lauer from you know he he, he Carl Lauer is uh, one of the well he became a big shot with a cauliflower rally, uh-huh. well he was promoting back then out here you know, and he he even showed up and they they wanted to see what this whole thing was about right. the suitcase full of money I guess that that's what drew their attention, but <laughs> we and you know and I, and I created angles for a return and everything, yeah. and and so and. So what what happened was that um, Gil Arellano, before the show was over, went and told this guy. Oh, and I was I, I had guys like Professor Tanaka on the card, you know, hmm. big big name guys. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> and uh, my, uh, myself, I refereed. I refereed, and I had my uh, my partner, my tag team partner, Razzle Goliath Razzle, you know, and then some of our guys. But I used uh, like. Uh, this guy, Ripper uh, Savage, big guy, the the, the, the Alaskan J. York, these guys were big wrestlers, mm-hmm. big framed. Uh, they looked like <coughs> like wrestlers, you know? Right. And I think that was the difference, you know, when, when, when Goliath was bringing in the smaller Mexicans, you know, it wasn't attracting people were getting used to the bigger guys. Right. So that that's what I did. And, and we drew that amount of people and Gil Arellano, uh, went and told the promoter that because I was paying these guys a hundred bucks each, right? he went and told them that, oh, Jesse's ripping you off because, you know, I got guys, I, I can give 15 bucks and they'll wrestle, you know, for for me, you know? And uh, so he says, no, he's taking advantage of you. So the uh, Armando Muñiz, who had a, been a boxer, he was part of the, one of the, well, he was helping the promoter a lot, right. you know? He comes to me and tells me what's going on. And, um, and then, by then I already had heard that they wanted to use one of my guys that, none of my other guys wanted to work for them. Right. But there was one individual, uh, uh, Buddha Khan. I believe it was Buddha. Yeah, Buddha Khan was going to come back on their main event. Right. Yeah. And so, even as young in the business that I was, who's the first one out of the elimination? Buda Khan. Right. That kind of killed their main event. Right. Yep. So, <laughs> and I told them, I told uh, them, I says, Armando Muñiz, you know, I told him, Armando, you're you're making a mistake. You guys are making a mistake because you know we drew this 700 people, and I'm am wor- working you know f- for some of these guys to return on, on important matches and stuff. You're gonna kill it off. You're, yeah. you're not gonna you're gonna mess it up. And he said, well, if we don't take if we don't take a chance with these guys, we'll never know if they're you know. And I said, and I told him, I says, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say it, man, but you know, uh, some of these guys are uncontrollable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Unfortunately, they 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 they. They like to do what they want to do yeah there, there's no control i i can tie i'm able you know to control my guys but i tell them what i want and that's what that's what right. we're, we're gonna get and um anyway uh make a long story shorter <laughs> 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 they they came in and drew. trying to remember exactly what it was i don't remember if it was 58 or 80 80 persons out of 700 yeah so they came and and, and did Fifty or eighty, uh, less bench. than a hundred. You know, well, like, a whole lot, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the thing is, uh, uh, what what a what a mistake he they they mm-hmm. he, they made and uh, doing by doing that, and the thing is that um, that particular uh, Saturday that they ran because they ran on a Saturday, I believe, and uh, the next day was a Sunday and i was uh scheduled for wwf in palm springs mm. and mean mascaras was there and um and he had gotten a flight into palm springs but he couldn't get a flight back from palm springs back to la mm. you know he wanted a small flight you know yeah to, to send him back to la so he was like stuck and he didn't want to hang around with the other wrestlers because you know uh, you know the yeah the whatever you know <laughs> weed Whatever, and he wasn't into. He wasn't trying to hang out and party. So you know, he, but, yeah. he was undecided. Well, what am I gonna do, you know? And I said, Well, you you're welcome, uh, to stay at my house. I said tomorrow, I have to go to a, I, I have to go to Fresno, and he was flying out to San Jose. Mm-hmm. Both working for WWF. they had two shows on, that Sunday. Okay. So I said, stay at my house. We'll have breakfast, you know, and then you know, at, at noon I'll take you to the airport, catch your flight, and I'll take off to Fresno. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, so he stays at my house. The next morning, I go out and buy tamales and, you know, have a nice little breakfast. And then we're, we're thanking Remes. You know, we're just talking about the old days with, you know, the uh, San Bernardino Arena and stuff. Right, and I, say, right. I haven't I haven't seen that building in quite a while. He says, I said, you know what? They had a show there last night. I'm sure somebody will be there cleaning up. There's a, there's a chance somebody might be there. We can mm-hmm. go check it out so we go back to that building on sunday that uh, you know after we had breakfast we walk in and and the, the promoter uh he he's running around with a broom sweeping you know the concession stand and everything and he sees me and man tears come out of his eyes <laughs> he's just I should have listened, we should have listened to you. I, I I am so sorry for not listening to you. This guy's made a mess out of my ring, out of the ring and everything, the canvas out full of blood. There was so uncontrollable, everything yeah. was so uncontrollable. You know, it, 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 the dressing room full of beer cans and whiskey bottles and stuff. <laughs> he says, I told those guys, I never want to see them again, man. And uh, he says, I want you to do the booking again for me. I says, you know what, man? it's going to be hard we're not going to get that 700 back again yeah you know we'd be lucky to get 300 you know if we do things right and uh, and that's about what we did yeah. yeah we couldn't we couldn't get past 300 after that yeah until we finally can so, rebuild yeah, the yeah, yeah we couldn't rebuild it man it was impossible mm. yeah but one thing i learned from mike labelle you know because especially with the boxing because they were doing boxing and wrestling and mike would say you know everybody wants to come in and then and do the boxing and 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 the first time they they pack him, and which they did, they get a full house with boxing, and then they want to come back a month later, or whatever, or you know, or so many weeks later, and the house slowly stop, starts mm-hmm. dropping, because you can't you know you can't have boxing like that you know yeah uh, you got to take some time off, give him a chance you know people got bills you know and uh, back then he says you know they're charging twenty bucks a seat you know all the beer that they're gonna be drinking. And then they want to go out and have dinner. That's very expensive. Yeah. And, you know, you got car payments, uh, you got house payment, you got the bills that you got to pay, and it's impossible to mm-hmm. do that too often. And he was right. He was right. It's
0: a long road for you to travel, you know, for yeah. what you've done in wrestling. Yeah. So um, with the school, the the School of Hard Knocks, that's been around for how many years now?
1: School, it was uh, sometime in the early 90s. Okay. Um, we had been running... Uh, well, I run the school with my, my partner first, uh, Bob Bradley. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to say from like 89 uh, into, uh, uh, no, I even before, no, even before, probably uh, the school. Well, when I split, split from Goliath, it had to be been 88 or 89, 89 something like so that. No, and then, yeah. and then uh, with uh, Bob for a, a few years, and then uh, hooked up with Bill Anderson, kind of allowed him to come in. Mm-hmm and uh, spent a number of years with him uh, until we had our split. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, but before we had our split, we created the Empire, uh, Empire Wrestling Federation. Right. You know, we had done an, a, a show under a different name and uh, it didn't draw that well. And, and the, uh, it, it, the building was very dark outside. I mean, you know, the, it's a nice street. Uh, it was like a dance hall, oh. Mexican da- dance hall they had no lighting hmm. so i mean people can they would have never found the place you know right it was like a big ranch you know but it wasn't attractable and yeah. so and and this is when we had promised certain guys 50 bucks you know yeah and stuff because i was used to you know we were paying when i was when i was selling the shows with the bradley's we were selling them for three thousand five hundred bucks you know our younger uh like students will make 50 bucks if i brought in uh prof- professor, professor Tanaka or somebody like that that's a hundred dollars mm-hmm. the same thing with jack Armstrong ripper savage you know goliath I, he, he got a little extra he got an extra twenty five and I'll tell you a story of that too uh, <laughs> i paid i paid goliath one twenty five and one day uh he comes to me and he says uh, jesse don't you, you don't think that i'm worth uh more than that you know um, don't, don't you think I'm worth like uh maybe three hundred dollars <laughs> no not at all brother you're worth six hundred dollars man <laughs> but you know what <laughs> the best i can do this is what this is the yeah, best i can yeah. do so i don't have to pull up any money out of my own pocket you know yeah <laughs> it's the best i could do so i you know right no i guess it's like I, no I you're, worth, I, you're, you're, you're worth more than that you know yeah but, but this is what i can give you and he never bothered me again <laughs> right <laughs> he never on. bothered me again you know so uh,
0: oh, yeah man funny. it's
1: so exciting man this this crazy business but uh in 1996 though that's when we eventually oh and we had promised some of these guys 50 bucks each mm-hmm. you know and, and what a mistake that was and after that i never promised anybody anything you know hey, right. you know we'll see how it goes right right but you know you're gonna get something but uh, but we had maybe 25 people in that building that when bill and i ran our first shows by ourselves without my partners you know and uh, my other partners and so then anyways and i says bill you know we got to pay what we promise, Even if it comes out of our own pocket, we got to pay the boys what we promised them. Mm -hmm. Now, from now on, we're not going to promise them that we're just going to, Hey, let's, let's see how it goes. Right. But right now we have to invest that. We have Mm -hmm. to pay them off. And we did, we did. I don't think he was happy about that, but we, we did. And, uh, and then after that, you know, uh, okay, guys, uh, well, we didn't do any shows on, you know, for another A nice little long while, and then we came up with Empire Wrestling Federation. We got this deal at the Boys and Girls Club Mm -hmm. here in San Bernardino, and uh, and we did that for, I will say, for a couple of years, for a good amount of time. Monthly events, I think they were, and uh, but that's that's uh, EWF was created mainly for guys, Mm -hmm. but uh, it was in. Uh, I'm trying to think the exact year 91 or 92 that the name School of Hard Knocks was created. Okay. Uh, it, uh, CNN News came out to do a segment on our school. Hmm. You know, And the reason that they came down because there was a, some um, writer from the LA Times that did a, a thing on us, a story on us. Right. And I don't think he was a wrestling fan. So oh. he called it School of Fake Knocks. Oh, yeah, he called the school of fake knocks, right? And so that got the attention
0: of, <laughs> of CNN. And of, of CNN.
1: They wanted to know what this is all about, you know? Yeah. So they came out and they did a set, nice little segment, you know? They filmed it at the school. They, 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 they even followed one of our students, you know, to <clears> her workplace and, you know, follow her around a little bit. Anyway, when they closed the, the segment, they said, this is truly a school of hard knocks. that's the name and And that's how we came up with the name i took you for a long ride to tell you that (laughs) no no hey it's all right um i don't
0: mind you know it's it's uh one thing that that i do is i appreciate the stories because you know you learn a lot and um and i like now because you have the school of hard knocks and that's exactly what we're doing right now is with hard knocks wrestling on youtube
1: wrestling
0: is um allowing your students who um unfortunately due to covid we yeah. can't have live shows and
1: and i won't i will not go back and do live shows and, until we are able mm-hmm. to safely put fans in our building yeah. and and it can't be you know a limited amount of people it's got to be whatever we can fit in right. i'd rather not do any shows until we get to that, if it takes, I don't know how long it'll An- take.
0: Yeah, another six months, a year. A year hopefully, two, not that long. Hopefully
1: but not. But you know, yeah, I just don't want to run with fifty people in the building. Yeah,
0: no, I, I get. So that.
1: this is my way of still entertaining our fans. Mm-hmm. You know, giving them a free match every every week yep. that they can watch on YouTube and Facetime or whatever, and 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 and, and, and see what some of our up and coming young talent yeah. perform. You know, so this is good for everybody, and and eventually you're going to see the Andy Browns coming in to do their match out here because, you know, uh, we're doing it well. We're as professional as as we Mm -hmm. possibly can. And, you know, you're a big part of that and your son as well. You know, I can't do it without you guys, you know. And uh, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's it's exposure for our guys. And uh, and I'm really putting it out there, you know. Uh, I mean – I send the video to pages uh, wrestling pages out in Japan and different places, you know? Yeah. So everybody has a chance to, I got friends. Uh, I got a uh, friend over in, uh, in Spain, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that he shares it with his buddies out there.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. It's um, in the comments too. Mm-hmm. Like one thing I've liked is, uh, you know, the comments have all been positive about the wrestlers yeah. and, and these kids who are getting in the ring and how hard they're sure. working. Yeah. Um, So I'm, I'm excited. So yeah, we'll, we'll throw up when we do put this online, the information for the yeah. school hard knocks. Mm-hmm. But another thing, another reason we brought you on Jesse, those is through the years I've known you. Another thing that's really important about you is, is I know you're a godly man. You're, you're a faithful man. You're a, a believer in, in God. Yeah. So, um, you know, just how do you, um, I don't know to say how you bounce it, but what does God mean to you? in in your life in your family life i know you and jenny how long have you and your wife been married 50 years 50 years holy cow you know and and i'm sure you know being faithful you know Mm -hmm. faithful to god and and obviously faithful to your wife too plays a big part in that absolutely but what is what does god mean to you and and your family it means
1: everything man everything you know i mean uh i i pray every night as you know I, I just don't pray only when I need help, you know, which a lot of <laughs> right. people do, you know. like oh, I got this this going on. I, I need, you know. No, no, you gotta pray every night, brother. You know. Um, uh, I remember, you know. Uh, I learned so much in '90s. What what year was it? In, uh, every year it was that '96, I, I believe, when I when I went to uh, to Phoenix for the first assembly of God. The, uh, deal that we did out there with uh it was an illustrated sermon that we did at the mm-hmm. church there you know and uh it was a s- written by superstar billy graham you know oh wow and i mean i that influenced me a lot you know because yeah i was a christian but i you know i wasn't there right that helped me get there yeah okay. I, I remember you know we did uh we did this illustrated sermon they it, it involved jake the snake robbers and Jake wrestled Bill Anderson in in the ring, on the stage area, you know. And they set up, you know, they set up like wrestling fans around the ring, you know, right. on the stage. And then you had another five or six thousand people watching, you know. <laughs> and then they had a large screen outside with another two thousand people. Oh wow! Two thousand seven over seven thousand people watched that illustrated sermon. I refereed, and then I of course I left the ring. Um, uh, well, everybody left the ring except jake then they did they, they did this deal where demons came out from underneath the ring and you know and then it's surrounding jake and kind of going around him and mm-hmm. they dropped a net on him you know he so he was you know all the demons that he had you know right problems with and stuff and so then the, they had another uh, scene yeah uh, like a dressing room scene and where the pastor comes out and and sees uh jake roberts there uh you know, feeling devastated. Mm-hmm. And he says, what's up with you? You just want to match. She'll be happy, you know, but you look so down. And, you know, and then Jake tells him, what do you know about me, man? And, and all the struggles that I've had, you know, he talked about uh, his a sister that was, uh, that had been, um, well, she got killed by uh, her, her, I guess she messed around with a married man and the wife oh, killed wow. her. Yeah. And his father supposedly hated him, you know, I mean, he had not hated yeah. him, but, you know, he had problems <coughs> with his father, you know. He was never able to, um, you know, to make him happy, you know. Right. His father always, you know, kind of, uh, you know. Anyway, you, you should probably by now know the story that he's, the, the struggles that he had. Yeah. Drugs and everything else, you know. And so all that got my attention. And uh, anyway, at the end of the, the whole thing, you know, the illustrated sermon, Pastor Tommy Barnett, which is, you know, oh man, that guy's amazing, bro. I love that man. He is incredible. And so he called for, he did an after call, you know, and people went up to the ring and around the ring and, you know, finally you couldn't get any more people anywhere near there. (laughs) I was sitting off to the side, you know, and, and he says, oh, you know, you don't have to get up and come down, but, you know, raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus, you know, and I raised my hand. That did, Yeah. That nobody noticed, right? Right. Eh, you know, a little shy, you know. And then when I went up to uh, to Pastor Tommy, you know, later on, you know, as this was finishing, I went and hugged him. I said, man, what a beautiful, illustrated sermon this was. He says, Jesse, I heard that you got saved, brother. <laughs> I oh. said, man, is God talking to him or what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or who's a snitch? <laughs> right, right. Who told him <laughs> So that was really something, man. I mean, you know, I said, like, wow, how, "How did he know?" I mm-hmm. mean, you know, that's how people pay attention. You know, they saw me and they told them. Yeah. And um, and then you know, I mean, that really changed me. And 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 around that time, I, my, uh, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter, had a really good job. You know, and she she was doing fine. She mm-hmm. was doing really good. And then I saw my son struggling, man, a lot. You know, you know, he was working some golf course, you know, picking up golf balls or whatever, you know, but struggling, you know? Right. And I said, man, I want to see my son almost at the same level as my daughter, you know? And so then, uh, so I prayed, you know, working for the city, I, you know, I did a lot of driving around, you know, inspecting property and stuff like that, you know? And uh, I, I remember one time I stopped and prayed, man, you know, and I said, man, you know, I want the best for my son. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do. And you know what? God answered that prayer, man. he got out of that, you know, the lousy jobs that he had and he started washing cars at some dealership. Now he's, he's, he's one of the, you know, he's up there. Yeah, He's up there in that company, man. And they love that kid too, you know? (laughs) And so he's doing very well. He's doing, you know, he hasn't bought a car in I don't know how many years because he drives a company car. Every day he's got a, he's got a different (laughs) car, you know? (laughs) So God has been, you know, answered that prayer and many others, man. Mm -hmm. Many, many others,
0: you know? And um, I think with that, you know, I just want to say you know just me on a personal level like I've known Jesse for yeah better part of seven years now mm-hmm. um, I've had a chance to work with the school um, you know be in the wrestling ring and um, our trip to Arizona yeah. you know last year that yeah. nice uh, trip there and back was just mm-hmm. a great yeah. a great time in the car and getting to know each other even better and mm-hmm. um, yeah you're you're one of the coolest people I know Jesse one of the nicest one of the the hardest working and um, I consider it an honor and a pleasure to know you not just because you know, I get to hear really cool stories of like Bad News Brown and Shawn Michaels and all the behind the scenes stuff yeah. that we can't talk about on here. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a family show, so we can't tell, Absolutely, you know, yeah. tell the stories about those guys. But also just the fact that, um, you know, it's it's funny, your shows are a family show, like not just for the families who come and watch, but your wife's right there with you side by side yeah. working the, you know, the merch stand for everybody. Is it, It's your grandson, right? Yeah, my your, grandson. Your grandson's right there working. We give him a hard time, oh, yeah. you know, and when he's getting our jackets and you know the heels will yell at him and
1: they call him Mr. Watermelon.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I love the fact that, you know, your family is involved in it. So it's not like you're just off doing your own thing and your family's off doing something else. Yeah. It's it's a family passion. Absolutely. And um I just want to thank you for being on here. Uh people check out you know, Jesse Hernandez's School of Hard Knocks, check out Hard Knocks Wrestling, Empire Wrestling Federation, at EWF Empire on Instagram. I mean, there's so many different places. But, um, but mostly just even outside of the promoter, like Jesse Hernandez is one of the, the most honest, hardworking, um, best friends I have, you know, and, thank and you. I, uh, I value our friendship. So thank, thank you, you for man. coming on. Jesse. Thank you,
1: man. Thank you. I certainly appreciate it. And, you know, and if you want to join a wrestling school, find the right one. There's a lot yes. of, uh, there's a lot of places out there, you know, the, the guys train for a couple of years and then they open up their own school. That's not the place to go. No. You want to go to a reputable place.
0: Yes. And a school Hard Knocks in San Bernardino, California, is definitely worth it. You know, there's a, a lot of schools out there. Um, I like Jesse school for so many reasons. Um, but the main one is uh, I love the fact, too, like one day is lucha training. Mm-hmm. One day is, you know, mat wrestling. So mm-hmm. depending on the day you go, there's a yeah. different style of wrestling. Right, right. And you can see it in all of your students. Like Absolutely. It's, you know, It's funny to watch somebody traditional wrestle, and then all of a sudden they're, they're busting out with a lucha move off the ropes. You know, and,
1: and, <laughs> and, I, and I don't want everybody to wrestle like, like I do. They right. learn from everybody. My, our, our oldest students help the youngers. Yeah. You know, just like somebody stepped up and helped them when they started. They now return the favor, yeah. and they bring up the younger guys. That's what makes our school remarkable.
0: Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. So um, on that note, we're going to call it a night. And uh, thanks for coming on, Jess. Well, thank you. All
1: right. Thank you very much.